Welcome in, everybody, to a Friday edition of Texans All Access. The day before your Texans take the field against the San Francisco 49ers, your first opportunity to see the team live and in person on a game setting, and that will happen on Saturday night. Appreciate you guys being here. I'm your host, John Harris, and I am joined right off the top by my good friend, Drew Doherty. Drew? Hey, hey, hey. How are you, buddy? I'm good, man. What's going on? You know, it's good to be back home. I've said that a million times. I want to make sure I emphasize that it is good to be home. And it's good for the fans to have a chance to see this team finally. Yes, it is. And they'll be up close and personal tomorrow night. Check it out on KTRK, ABC 13. I'll be on the sidelines. You'll be on the sidelines rubbing shoulders. It's always fun that time of year. you know. Yeah. I, 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 like, I like you hanging out there with me. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, – I mean, I, I like the fact that we get to do that down there. It's, I'm sure, fulfilling lifelong dreams for both of us. Um, maybe not quite lifelong dreams. I never thought that I would ever be on a sideline like that. Nor but, I. Nor I. But we are down there. We enjoy the it's hell fun. out of it. There's yeah, no question about that. It's a good little, good, good, good time. That's for sure. It is. We have got plenty of players on the show for you. Chantrell Henderson. Drew talked with him. We'll have him later in the show. Jay Prosh. I caught up with him. Bruce Ellington. DP Sidhu caught up with him. Sammy Coates is also on the show. San Francisco 49ers assistant coach Richard Hightower is also on the show. He's a former Texan, he's got a pretty interesting story, so he will be on the show as well. So we've got plenty of player interviews, and I'm sure there are probably a couple that I missed. We got all kinds, we got players jukebox, if you will, later in the show. But Drew's going to join us to talk about the game on Saturday night, and also to look back, Drew, let's let's look back a little bit before we look forward uh, to tomorrow night's game. The two practices against the 49ers. Was there anything as you watched that stood out? I mean, it could be either side, but... Mm -hmm. I know I had some notes on the 49ers as well. They're, they're a very interesting team going forward. Very interesting. They've Their high-level talent is – I mean, it, they've got a ton of upside high-level talent. But – I just don't know that they've got it all the way throughout the roster yet. Yeah. I don't think know, that's there yet. And you know something that can hide that is quarterback play. Yes, that's and true. And I think they might have that. You know, yep. Jimmy Garoppolo is pretty darn impressive. We saw him um, – Saw him do some nice things here mm-hmm. last December. But the thing that stuck out to me, I was really, really impressed with Will Fuller, with Braxton Miller, yep. with Bruce Ellington, those receivers. I'm always impressed with DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, uh, that, that goes without saying. But those three guys, they really look good. And maybe that's, maybe that's knocking on that secondary and that, that level of depth and talent that you're, you're referencing. But yep. I liked what I saw, especially from Fuller. Because we've always known he can go deep. But I don't know that people have realized or recognized that this guy is more of a complete receiver than he probably should be. Probably gets credit for. You know, mm-hmm. he he deserves to get credit for being a more complete receiver, and I think that's going to really come to the fore this year. I, I like what I saw just in one-on-one red zone drills, especially on Thursday. I mean, he looked good. He looked really good. And go playing in with all that is that's that's a compliment to Deshaun Watson too. Yeah, no doubt. He will had. I thought Will had some some very good practices. There were a couple of times that he got deep. I was I was talking to San Francisco radio station. They were asking me specifically about Will last night, and I said, "Here's the thing about Will. There was a there was a route. He was on the outside right, and they were moving right to left on our side. So they were moving uh, towards McNee. Anyways, he I think it was Jimmy Ward in coverage. So it was the second day. And the Texans tried to go deep the second day a number of times. We haven't really seen that. We saw it the first couple of days in camp, and then we didn't see it as much. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure the defense got to talking to, hey, they're going to go deep. You know, be ready for it. They haven't really done that. And then against the Niners, they did a little bit more. The thing about Will 
which I find fascinating, is, and I've said this about, about Deshaun, you can't out-throw him. Just throw it as far as you can. Yeah. Well, he did out-throw him, overthrow him. But what I thought was interesting was I could see the route sort of develop, and so I saw Will out of the corner of my eye, and so I've, I immediately like flashed him like, I think this is where this is going. He was even with Jimmy Ward. Jimmy Ward, the corner, actually had pretty good leverage on him. I thought he did at first. And then all of a sudden, as the ball's in the air, you see Will just pull away from him. Like, I mean, he's like a deer. He's He looks like a deer when he runs. If he's even, he's gone. Yeah. I mean, they say if he's even, he's leaving. And that's what he does. Now it's just a matter of, and they hooked up a number of times last year in a deep ball. It's just a matter of getting that in sync because that's that's a weapon that not a lot of teams can say that they've got. They might have some fast guys, but they and don't the, have that kind of weapon like Will Fuller. And the threat of that weapon, threat of that weapon makes things a lot easier for your other no, receivers and tight ends, and no it makes question. things a lot easier for your run games. So. I mean, you think about, and I've said this numerous times, if that weapon is clicking, how, how do you account mm-hmm. for it? Like, what do you do as a defense to account for that? So the one other you talked about down on the goal line, you know, the one thing that Will does that I don't think he gets a lot of credit for is his route running ability is very, very good. Yeah. He ran a nice little whip route, and a whip route essentially is you, you start on the outside and you dart in like you're going to run an inside route, like you're going to slant hard inside route, and then you you whip yourself back to the outside. You pivot. Yeah, I think I got and you a come video back to the of that. Outside. Yeah, and Eddie and Clark. He was wide open. Eddie Clark is one of the photographers. Yeah, yeah, I love Eddie. He got a good, good picture of Ward just kind of grabbing, and the only thing close, he, won, he yeah. didn't even get that. Only thing close was Will's dreads. I mean, he, he <laughs> left him in the dust. It was really impressive. And those guys are at a disadvantage as defensive backs down in that situation. That's a tough Still, throw. Will looked really good, and that's he's one of the guys that stood out. Braxton Miller looked good, too. And, and Ellington has always been consistently um, uh, a guy who can perform. And you know he loves and loved going out there and doing big things against his former team, the Niners. So yeah, no, no question. That. That kind of motivation, I'm sure, uh, was definitely there. I thought, Drew, on Wednesday in particular, I thought 99 was completely dominant. Yeah. I watched a lot of the defensive line against the 49ers offensive line. I do feel like if the 49ers have an Achilles heel that could really slow the offense down, it's going to be up front. Mm-hmm. Joe Staley's a superstar. He's always been that. He's been sure. he, He's been that team's, you know, Dwayne Brown, if you will, for, for so long. Just set it and forget it. Put him out there and uh-huh. away you go. The rest of the pieces I don't think have come together, and now they try to shoehorn Mike McGlinchey in the right tackle, and Watt just completely took over. Well, completely took you over. You and I have talked about this a few times this whole offseason, and I've said that I think he is sort of playing catfish right now mm-hmm. and staying keeping his cards close to the vest. Yep. And he said it this week. He's like, no matter what I say, where I am as far as progress – I'm going to be screwed because if I say I'm I'm back and then I something happens to me, then, well, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And if I don't say I'm back, then people are saying, oh, well, he's not back. And right, right. I think he's back. I think he's he knows he's back and he can't wait to get out there. He just doesn't want to build up expectations and have people thinking yeah. and saying things. But I can't wait to see him out there. I, I really I, – he, you're not going to see him – if you see him at all tomorrow night, you won't see him much. And I don't think you're going to see him. But once week one comes, I can't, I can't wait, man. Yeah, I, I really think wait. this is going to be awesome. I think from the Watt standpoint, I mean, I, I may have built up the hype train on Wednesday. I just was – it was what he was doing Wednesday was unbelievable. And I mean, I th- he took Mike McGlinchey. I still think he <laughs> likes 
the, the this idea that there's some folks out there that oh, are saying, oh, he's never going to be the same. I know. I think he he kind of relishes that. And he's like, okay, I'm going to remember that. I've got I've got plenty of tweets to show for it. Plenty of them. That would. Oh, you're talking about what? Oh, he's going to be hurt by week three. I mean, you know. I mean, all right. Well, yeah, I got friends who are, let's see. aren't even doctors or masseuses. They didn't even say at Holiday Inn Expresses, but they're saying that. You know, I know. So, anyways. So I I I thought he was. I thought he was exceptional, especially Wednesday. I didn't watch him as much on Thursday, but I watched him on Wednesday, and it was what, what he was doing. I mean, just the number of impact plays that he made. It's funny. I heard I heard um, Todd Gurley talking about the Rams practice, and they said, you know, it's probably good that not, they're 99, Aaron yeah, Donald, Donald is not there. They said because he wrecks practice. He just wrecks it. You just can't get anything done with him out yeah, there. Yeah, but you know what? He also – he may be doing that, but he's sharpening up your offensive line. They're no. figuring out and having to compensate and having to block. I mean, I think that's a good thing when you have. No, exactly. And that's my point about 99 is he's wrecked a few practices, I'm sure, sure before. Sure. But I think in the long run, it's going to pay off for everybody I mean, involved. That's, it's got to be paying off for Chantrell Henderson. I think so, too. I mean, we've. I thought Chantrell has held his own when he's gone up against J.J. Watt. Yeah, he's yeah, looked yeah. good. And J.J. Yeah. Watt has said Henderson has, has held his own and done some good things. Now, J.J.'s beaten him, but... I mean, that's what happens when you're a three-time NFL defense player right. here. You've got MVP votes. You're going to beat guys. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm all for having practice records out there. And to your to your point about Watt playing on Saturday, I wouldn't be surprised. Like you, I'm with you. I don't think we will see him. Yeah. On Saturday, and I think taking coach's word from what he said on uh, Thursday. It sounded as if it's going to be a similar game plan in large part because they got the work this past week yeah. against the the 49ers. They got two days, two full days of work, two good two-hour practices. So at that point, those guys got work. Hopkins got his work against the Killer Weatherspoon, which I think is a heck of a matchup. By the way, 23 for the 49ers. I don't know how much you'll see him. I think he's on the verge of becoming the next the next big thing at corner. Is that right? He's 6'3". He's 200 pounds, he's long, he's rangy, and yeah, Hopkins had the one-handed catch on him, and Hop's going to do that to everybody. But Witherspoon held his own the rest of practice. He, in, in, in the game last year, Witherspoon was a rookie. In the game last year, Hopkins is chewing up somebody. I can't remember who it was. They moved Witherspoon over, and then they gave him a little bit of help. But Witherspoon then held his own pretty well. Hop's going to tear up everybody. Yeah. You're going to go one-on-one eventually. But that said, Witherspoon is going to be a guy to watch for the 49ers. Now, the 49ers, there are some key guys that are missing. Solomon Thomas out, Eric Armstead out. Other big guys inside, they really only have Eric Armstead. That said, they still have Reuben Foster. So it's going to be a good test on Saturday night. And you get a chance to see what a lot of us saw during the week uh, on Wednesday and Thursday minus more than likely the Texans' stars. We'll see. I would imagine they'll do the same thing with Deshaun. It'll be a Probably series. A series, yeah. If that. Because My, between between Watson and Garoppolo, those two guys played a combined 14 snaps in that first preseason game. Yeah. Jimmy got nine. Deshaun got five. Right. So you're not going to see – you're not you, you you might see a little bit more of Garoppolo this time around based on what Shanahan said. Yeah. But I'm with you. It sounds like it's just like last week because – the Texans practiced against the Niners right. this week. Yeah. Now I think next week at Los Angeles, that changes. You're going to see more from them. But I, I'm not, I think it's one and done probably for for Watson on Saturday night. Uh, yeah, one series and done. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. I'm with you on the Rams thing. That's kind of the way that I've been thinking. Is 
these guys will rest. Tyron, J. Joe, yeah. Hopkins, McKinney, Watt, McKinney. Reader. Those guys, the same guys that, that's, that sat Thursday against the Chiefs, I think, will rest Saturday. But then I think they'll use next week as sort of a, a game week primer to kind of get everybody, okay, here's kind of a full game week to get us ready for Saturday, yeah. get us ready for that game. And then I think you might see them for – you know, handful of plays in that game, get them out, and then you get them ready for week one against the Patriots. Yep. I, I got to think that when you look around the league and you see some of the injuries starting to pile up, you see what's happened to New England already oh, man. losing uh, Isaiah Wynn, which is a, a huge blow for oh. them. Sony Michelle, their other first-round pick, who they both of them came from Georgia, the running back, he's been banged up. I don't know if he'll be ready to go for week one against the Texans. So their first-round picks are both – banged up, and I don't believe they'll play in week one. They don't have Edelman. They already don't have Amendola and Brandon Cooks. Mm-hmm. I went and watched the first half against the Eagles, and as great as Tom Brady is, I don't want to say predictable. That's not the right way of saying it, but when things get rough, he goes to his guys. His guys. Edelman, Hogan, James White. Done. Like, it was those guys. Of the 26 throws he had, two of them were throwaways, so like 24 throws. I think the other, if I did my math right, they accounted for 17 targets, those three guys. But, John, in week one, don't forget, you got who I think is the greatest tight end ever. You're right about that. He's He'll get be the there. other He'll seven be out targets. There. He'll be out there, man. He'll get the other seven targets. And I love doubt. our defense, but. Who guards that guy? I mean, and I'll say that about 31 other teams. I know. Who guards – or 30 Nobody other teams. Nobody does. Who guards Nobody that guy? Nobody does. That guy you just got to throw bodies at him. Here, you know, you know who that covers – That tandem. That tandem is – oh, my goodness. You know who covers Gronkowski on that Sunday? Hmm. J.J. Watt, Whitney Merciless, and Jadeveon Clowney. Their pass rush – With some Cunningham mixed in. Their pass rush – can force the Patriots to use Gronkowski to block and keep Brady upright. Yeah, yeah. That's the hope. That's the hope because he, he'll if get those his guys though, are man. placing the edge and they're going and he's going on a routes, he'll get his though. He will. There's no. There's no question. You just got to try and minimize it. You got a touchdown last year. Hogan had how many touchdowns last year? Cooks had one. Everybody seemed to have one last year. Yeah. That's week one. That's down the road a little bit. We can talk about that a little bit more. Drew, you got your five things article up at HoustonTexans.com yep. for Saturday night. Yep. Give us one quick one that you'll be looking for on Saturday. Tight ends, my friend, because go. that competition is locked up. Locked up meaning it's it's tight. Yeah, it's not very much. It's not determined, but it's tight. And you know, Jordan Aiken stole the show last week, but mm-hmm. all these other guys have flashed as well. They've What'd all you got say? What'd you say? Jordan Aikens stole, stole the, the show? show. Steal the show. Yeah, that's right. He stole the show. Wouldn't you say? Drew, appreciate it, brother. Hey, on another note, have you heard that story about the time when Britney Spears was shopping at Kohl's? And, and- there you have it. You know, that's like the bell that ends class. Drew, appreciate it, brother. Hey, time. Coming up next, it's a menagerie of sound. Yes, Bill O'Brien, Richard Hightower, Aaron Colvin, Sammy Coates, Bruce Ellington, Chantrell Henderson, all in the next segment. Can I fit it in? Oh, yeah, we'll do that next right here on Texas Access. There's nothing I like better than a Friday night to do with Texans all access from the Hyundai Texans radio studio. I am your host, John Harris. Glad to be with you. 
In this segment, we have got so much sound. We have so many different individuals to hear from in this segment. We're going to start with the head coach of your Houston Texans, Bill O'Brien, as he sat down with Mark Vandermeer to preview the game on Saturday night against the Niners. Mark, coach, you got a lot of good work done in the practices with the 49ers. What are you looking for in the game that maybe you couldn't do in the practices? You know, I think the big thing is uh, we got a bunch of reps for, you know, our starters, uh, you know, guys – Guys like, uh, for instance, J.J. uh, ran a bunch of reps, um, you know, some other guys offensively, you know. So I think this game will give some other guys some some real good opportunities to go out there and show us what they can do. Uh, We ran 130 plays on offense and defense. You know, we ran 60, uh, uh, you know, 65 and 65 both, uh, both ways, their offense against our defense, our offense against their defense. So I feel like a lot of guys got reps that probably won't get as many, and so that allows other guys, younger players, other guys that are battling for roster spots to be able to go out there against good competition and see what happens. I know you want to run the football, and you don't want to show it too much at the same time. How hard is that to be creative while running the football? Or is that all about just mano a mano up front, bludgeoning people? Yeah, I think the big thing is training camp is laying the foundation of good fundamentals in a running game, you know, uh, you know, offensive linemen, good hand placement, good footwork, uh, you know, hitting their targets, so to speak, uh, you know, double teams, uh, backside blocking. So I don't think you need to be in a big scheme fest here in the training camp area. I think you need to – I think it's important to really come off uh, – come out of training camp with a good uh, fundamental understanding because, again, you know, you're, you're not able to do that in the spring. So mm-hmm. that's why you're seeing when you watch the San Francisco practices, you probably saw a lot of runs. Because, you know, we're, we're behind in a running game, and I think it's getting better, though. What about getting pressure in the backfield? You did early on last week against Kansas City. What do you think of that department against the Niners in practice, and what are you looking for in the game? I really like the way our defense practiced the last two days. I mean, I thought that our first and second units really battled hard, and uh, San Francisco's got a real good offense, good scheme, great coach, uh, great quarterback. So I thought our defense really showed up and, and did some nice things, and I just – you know, you know, I want to see that continue on Saturday. I want us to be smart, physical, uh, run to the football, take good uh, pursuit angles, and uh, you know, just play play with good communication, play together. What's the next step in special teams for you here? I think our special teams units are getting better now. The proof will be in the pudding when the games start, obviously. But but if we can continue to understand the scheme that in all four phases that uh, Brad is teaching, and then continue to go out on the practice field and give the effort that we're giving. And then the effort that we gave against Kansas City and, you know, the effort that we need to give against San Francisco, if we can give great quality effort and keep getting better at the understanding of the schemes, I think we're going to be in good shape. It is preseason, but it's the first time in this building since Christmas. So here you go with a healthier team for sure. And what's it going to be like to be in the building? We're excited. I mean, I think we've we've got to get back to understanding, you know, what was it, two years ago we were almost, I think we only lost one game at home. You know, this the I've said it. You've heard me say it. It's it's a broken record, but we 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 have the best fans in the league. Uh, football's king in Houston. Uh, you know, we need we need to win at home, and mm-hmm. and uh, we need to make it very difficult on our opponents to, to 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 play here. You know, our our fans need to be into the game, and we need to get our fans into the game by playing well. And so, preseason game, preseason number two. We realize it's not the AFC Championship game, but we also know it's our first uh, first. Uh, time at home in, in 2018 and we're really excited about it. Mark had a chance to catch up with another coach on Thursday. This one being Richard Hightower. Wait a second. That name sounds familiar, right? Well, yeah, he used to be with the Texans and now he is with the 49ers. He is 
the 49ers special teams coordinator. Here's Mark with Richard Hightower. What is it like to come back here for you? Oh, it's an awesome feeling to come back to Houston. Uh, first of all, from Houston, so I got a chance to see my grandmother when I got here, who's 96 years old and still has her mind, and my mom, and a lot of family, and then working for the Texas organization. I mean, theirs were great to me when I were, when I was here, and just good to see all the familiar faces like Greg and all the guys working in the building and weaving these guys. So it's been awesome. Uh, Greg would be Greg Grissom, who is Senior Vice President of Corporate Development. So you were an intern on the business operations side. What kind of things were you doing back then, Richard? Back then I was doing field days and organizing game management with all the tents outside. And back then it was Budweiser Plaza. And we were just trying to keep our fans happy and, and just trying to do what we do in sales. What was your dream back then? Was your goal to be a coach? Oh, my goal was to be around football because I know I missed it. And Greg Grissom and Jamie Roos and John Veland gave me an opportunity as an intern, and it kind of just grew from there, you know, and just was fun just being around those guys, learning the business side of it because I majored in business as well. So, How did you cross over into the football side of things here? Well, Charlie gave me a, a chance originally, but when Coop came, uh, Kyle Shanahan, who's our head coach here, uh, he was actually the receiver coach, and uh, he asked if I could come over and you know do some quality control work so that's how I kind of got over quality control is a great entry point into rising in the coaching ranks but that's a real grind what kind of things do you do in quality control well you break down film you get to see all the league you do whatever is necessary somebody needs coffee you go get them coffee you make copies you do whatever you can do no job is too big no job is too small and I still try to keep that that same uh, mentality today what was the biggest break from there as you rose in the coaching ranks, Richard? I would say uh, just getting a chance to learn under Joe Marciano mm-hmm. and uh, learning from him and really learning special teams. And then from there, it just kind of kind of grew. You know, I've just been blessed and just really lucky to be around great people who gave me a chance. I mean, I'm just fortunate for the people I got a chance to work with and learn from. What do you think of the crew you have now with the 49ers, the players you're working with this year? Yeah, these guys have been awesome. John and and Kyle have done a great job of changing the culture and getting guys in the program that we love to work with. And these guys are bright-eyed, bushy-tailed every day. And I just feel blessed to have an opportunity to to coach them. So you're back in Houston. What's it going to be like on Saturday night at NRG Stadium on the other sideline? I know that you've been back before, but this is really special. Yeah, it'd be special. You know, see all... Uh, guys that you know on the sideline and you know hopefully we get out of it healthy and that's the main thing in preseason get out get out of it get out of it healthy and play some good football so what would be your message to young people who are trying to reach their dreams because you came from where you were a corporate development intern into a coach in the nfl yeah i would say the one thing that stuck with me that my dad gave me god rest his soul was if you have a goal you have to stick to it, and you just remember quitters never win and winners never quit. So you just got to keep pushing, and whatever you can, whatever you put your mind to, you can do it as long as you have great people along the way that can help you and you're willing to learn. Our menagerie of sound continues as DP Sidhu caught up with the slick way. Aaron Colvin earlier this week. Joining me today, Aaron Colvin, after what we say is a super long, super hot, sweaty practice out here against the 49ers. Uh, how did you feel that you did? I know you guys got one more day coming, but how was it for you overall? It felt good. It felt good to go out here and, and try to work your technique against another team. And 
Um, this is a really good football team, so anytime we can perform against a team like this, it, it's just good for our organization. I saw you over on that side of the field have a nice pass breakup against Marquise Goodwin, former uh, Olympian track star. How much does it help you to go against receivers that have completely different skill sets? I mean, they're, they're all pretty diverse as a group, right? It's amazing because at the end of the day, you want to be able to test your, what you know and what you can do against other guys. And um, when you go against a, an Olympic track star like that, um, it's always good for you to work your technique and, and for you just to trust yourself. And that's all you have to do against a guy like that. I know you talked a lot in the offseason about playing outside versus playing in the slot. And everyone talks about the slot corner just being the, one of the more important positions now on defense. How do you think that your game has evolved? I mean, what are some of the different things that you have to do with one versus the other? I tell people a lot that playing the inside and outside are two totally, completely different um, positions. I mean, when you're in the inside, the game is a lot faster. Um, you have to be in the run fit. You're almost like a linebacker at times, depending on the defense. And then on the outside, it's just one-on-one. -on -one. It's one-on-one -on -one football. Um, the ball is coming out a little bit further. Guys are a little bit faster out there. So, um, I mean, if you're a lockdown corner, you can play anywhere. All right, so what, any goals for you heading out to this uh, stretch of preseason games? I know you're going to get a lot of work in with the 49ers. Then you get to play them. Then you head out to L.A. These things that you want to work on this preseason. I just want to get my hands on more balls. Um, I want to be more vocal. Uh, I want to bring guys along with me, help this defense um, to play as one and to play with energy. And I feel like that's my job. And at the same time, like I said at first, um, I just want to get interceptions. I want to get the ball back to Deshaun and, and D-Hop and allow them to do what they do best. It's a little chippy out there today. You brought up D-Hop, but how was it for you going against the receivers? DBs and receivers, a lot of chatter going on a lot of times, right? Man, I think it was a little bit too nice on our side. Um, <laughs> I heard about Hop and what happened, and I like that. That's just the competitive spirit that he has, but um, I, don't, I don't think it was chippy enough on our side. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I want to ask you something else that you're an expert on. Heat, Jacksonville versus Houston, which, which camp is hotter? Ooh, that's a tough one. Y'all might hate me or y'all might think I'm lying, but I think Jacksonville. Really? Jacksonville's hotter than this? Jacksonville was the worst thing I've ever been through. <laughs> <laughs> no or lie. it prepared you for this, one or the other. Yeah, <laughs> or it prepared me, whichever way you want to put it. Either way, both of them are hot. Listen, there aren't many people that can speak to this, except for maybe me and Aaron Colvin. He's right. Jacksonville is steamy. Now, what you do get in Jacksonville is you get, you get a little bit of ocean relief, if you will, because it's a little bit closer to the ocean than Houston is. But that said, they're both pretty darn hot, man. They're both hot. I've gone through plenty of practices in both locations. <laughs> they're both hot. So, uh, yeah, just uh, uh, Jacksonville could take that one. But, yeah, either way, whichever way you want to slice it, Houston and Jacksonville. Listen, they're both on the same latitude line if you look at them. So what should that tell you? They're hot. They're humid. It's Florida and Texas, man. It's, it's the way it is. All right, let's go to – a guy who played his college ball in the state of Florida. That is Sean Trail Henderson and Drew Doherty caught up with him after practice yesterday. All right, thanks a lot, guys. We got right tackle Sean Trail Henderson with me. Another week in the books. Had a good week of practice against the 49ers. What's the goal when you're playing preseason game number two? The goal is to just go out there and execute whatever our assignments is, whatever we got up for this week as far as game plans, and just go out there and try to do it better than we did in practice. How was practice this week against 49ers? What'd you grow in? What'd you learn about yourself? What'd you get better at? This whole week was just about like it is every day, assignment, technique, you know what I'm saying, effort, 
And, um, you know, I think we came out here and practiced pretty good as a team uh, both days. You saw the best of the best in West Virginia, and you have over the last week in J.J. Watt and Clowney and Merciless, those guys. DeForest Buckner, those guys pretty talented too, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, those guys are pretty talented. More uh, big, strong guys than the, you know, quick, strong, all that mixed together like, like you know, our guys got, you know what I'm saying? So, but, yeah, those guys are good athletes also. Kind of a nice changeup then for you working on and against guys like that, right? Yeah, 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 most, most definitely, most definitely. How has this offensive line gotten better in your eyes? Man, we're we, we coming along as a group, man. We're just coming out here every day, working hard, everybody getting better technique-wise and, and just mo- moving as fast as we can, you know what I'm saying? So we can just all keep getting uh, better as a group. How encouraged were you by what you guys did that first preseason game out there offensively as a whole? I mean, I, I knew we were going to go out there and perform because, you know, we're we doing it in practice. Our, our whole thing is just getting better and better every day, that's all. Is it cool seeing guys on the 49ers that you've crossed paths with over the years in the NFL, over your years in college? Oh, yeah, man. Wherever you go, wherever you play, you're going to see somebody you know, man. That's just that's just a part of the game, you know. Guys get traded or guys get picked up, free agents, anything like that. You know somebody from back in high school, you know what I'm saying, the recruiting, all that, all that stuff is real crazy. So you're always going to see somebody you know wherever you go, wherever you play. Wild how life goes full circle sometimes, isn't most, it? Most definitely. And we will finish this segment off with – Bruce Ellington. One year ago, Bruce was going into his first home preseason game against the New England Patriots. A little bit more comfortable this year, but he's facing a former team, the San Francisco 49ers, and D.P. Sitter caught up with him yesterday. Bruce Ellington joining us here today. Bruce, uh, yesterday DeAndre Hopkins, a little bit of a skirmish at the beginning, but you're like the exact opposite. I see you out there with the 49ers. You're all like hugging and embracing and having fun. Like, what's it like facing your former team out here for these last two days? Oh uh, man, it's great. You know, just to see the guys that I played with, and uh, you know, we went against each other at practice. Um, There's only a couple guys that still there when I first got there. It's probably like three people, but uh, <laughs> but I, I was there when everybody started coming in. So I knew the guys. I practiced with them for about a, a month or so. So I knew them pretty well, and just always good just to come out meet good people, see good people, and just have fun. And you were out there for the 49ers when the Texans practiced yep, in 2016. Yep, yeah, you were with the Niners. Yeah, I was, right? I was out there then, so it's crazy now I'm on the opposite side. So, <laughs> Are your teammates saying, like, why are we practicing in Houston, not in Santa Clara? Right. It's way better. I, I saw all of them under the tent in, in the fan. <laughs> it's so hot out here, but, you know, we used to it, so we just out here having fun. It must be nice to be back in Houston for these last few days of camp and sort of get the games underway. Definitely, How's definitely. camp going for you? Week three is usually a grind. It's a tough week, but how are you feeling so far? Oh, uh, man, I'm feeling great. This is probably the best offseason I had as far as health-wise, just being healthy, um, just staying on top of my health and just coming out here and doing what I love. Um, God gave me a, a great opportunity to come out here and play football, so I'm coming out here and get everything I got every day. I still remember the first day you showed up in camp last right. year at the Greenbrier. Does that seem crazy in one year how much has changed? Like you weren't sure about your career right, this right, time right, last year right. and now how things have come full circle. Right. It, it, was, it was a little crazy, but like I said, man, God is, is a blessing. Um, I won't stop. I'm not going to stop. Um, no matter what obstacles I get, I'm going to keep going. And um, just, like I said, stay prayed up and just keep going. All right, this whole offseason you had Deshaun Watson. Yep. So you've gotten a lot of reps with him. I've seen your chemistry as far as the dancing and the mic'd up. <laughs> How do you feel the chemistry is coming along on the field? I think it's coming along because I finally got a full offseason with him. Um, last year I came in, um, it was probably like the second preseason game. So we didn't get to work on anything. Like this offseason, we had time to go to L.A., uh, run a couple routes. Um, he told me what I want, what he see. I told him what I see. And we're just good just to come out here and just put it all together. We talk about the competition level of these wide receivers all the yeah. time. Braxton Miller's coming along. Obviously, you know what you've got in DeAndre Hopkins and Will right. Fuller. What do you think about the talent level in your group and how competitive it's been so far? Um, it's very competitive. we got a lot of guys that can do different things. And um, I think it's a plus to have so many weapons that we have. 
Um, you know, Hop, number one receiver in the league, and Will's the fastest receiver in the league. So with those, those guys taking it deep, me and QT and Braxton, we can just play in the middle and get open. Our job is easy. You guys are the most entertaining, though, I got to say. <laughs> right. How about special teams being back there to return uh, return kicks? How, how, do you, how much are you enjoying that so far? Uh, I, I love returning punts, man. It's, it's, it's great just to go out there. And uh, once you break them, man, just to hear the crowd and see your team on the sideline running down there with you. So I'm, I'm loving doing that. Um, whenever I can help at, whether it's punt return, kick return, kick off, kick return, wherever they try to pit me, I'm going to go ahead and do it. Give any advice to the 49ers that were out here for these last two days of practice? No, definitely not, not giving them any advice. Not for I the heat even? Not for the heat even. Now where to eat barbecue? Get some water. Get some water. Barbecue, where to eat I'm not, I'm not giving them anything. <laughs> I, I, talk, I talk to them after Saturday. All right, good after stuff. Saturday, we good. I told you I was going to do it, and I did it. Bill O'Brien, Richard Hightower, Chantra Henderson, Aaron Colvin, Bruce Ellington, all in the same segment. Got it done. Coming up, the president of your Houston Texans, Jamie Roots, stops by with Mark Vandermeer right here on Texans All Access. One final segment of Texas All Access on this wonderful Friday evening. Hope you all are doing well. I'm your host, John Harris. Glad to have been with you. It's time to hear from the president, the State of the Union of the Texans, if you will. Jamie Roots sat down with Mark Vandermeer and talked about a number of different aspects. The state of football game this weekend, obviously preseason game number one, and all that is going on here at Energy Stadium, what the fans can expect, what's new at Energy Stadium. Oh, man. I had a chance to sample the grub a little bit. And listen, I never get a chance to do all that down on the sidelines. I don't get food until well after the game. The food you guys get in the stands, oh my goodness. Sometime I ought to just go up there and sit for a little bit and just have some of your food because it's fantastic. So, Jamie Roots talked with Mark Vandermeer about that and everything else. Houston Texans. Mark, take it away. Joining us right now in the Hyundai Texans Radio Studios, Jamie Roots, the president of your Texans and Lone Star Sports and Entertainment. How's it going, Jamie? I'm good, Mark. How are you? Doing well. I mean, this year, this time of year is so exciting. Everything happening all at once. And we had the preseason opener last week, but the preseason home opener is this week. And I know a whole lot of extra work goes into that. (laughs) Yeah, it's a great introduction for us. It's a chance for us to welcome our fans back. Uh, Starts with training camp for us. So we had, I don't know, roughly 5,000 people a day that have come out and engaged with the team, got close to the team, got autographs, etc. But then, you know, we come to NRG Stadium. It's the best experience in the National Football League, maybe in all of sports. Starts with the tailgating, and our fans create such a wonderful atmosphere. We've got 35,000 people two and a half hours prior to prior to kickoff, and then you come into the stadium, certainly the, the energy and the rituals and standing, you know, shoulder to shoulder with your fellow Texan and, and cheering for your team. But the experience that the fans have from a food and beverage perspective, the people that they interact with, all those things are really important, and uh, we, don't, we don't have that many opportunities to do it. So everyone we do has to be uh, our very best game every time. That's what our fans deserve. 
All right, it's the state of football game. So tell us about this, how this came into being, and why it's so important. Well, we uh, when we talk about the team, we've got our three imperatives. Win championships, create memorable experiences, and do great things for Houston. Under that umbrella of doing great things for Houston is the game of football, growing the great game of football at all levels. You know, we're at the NFL level. You've got flag football, you've got peewee football, and you've got high school, college we want to be intertwined because we're all part of the football family. The experience is consistent. We love the game of football here in Houston. And so to the extent that we can grow the game, whether that's hosting the bowl game or hosting the kickoff game or the Battle of the Piney Woods or the work we do with youth football, the interaction we have with collegiate programs and high school programs, we're, we want to be part of football at all levels to make the game as impactful as it can possibly be for the players, for the coaches, uh, and especially for the fans. All right, so something that, that the fans are seeing this weekend on social media, and they'll see it in the stadium, Kenny Chesney video, The Boys of Fall. I know this song really touched you, and this is this is your idea, and it's just grown into something really special. Well, it is neat. The last couple of years leading into the season, I've I listened to that song mm-hmm. and uh, watched the video and the connection. I mean, it talks about the football connectedness, and it's always been very emotional for me because I love this game. And, and the, the beginning of the season is such a special time, and all of what it means in our lives. I mean, it's more than just the game that's played on the gridiron. It is, it's a way of life. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you know, had an opportunity uh, for our folks to uh, visit with Kenny Chesney, say, hey, would you mind if we created a video that celebrated our connection from the Houston Texans all the way down to youth football and particularly high school football, which, you know, Friday Night Lights is right. such a special part of our uh, community. If, if we put uh, to, to, to visuals your, your wonderful song to celebrate the beginning of football, and he said absolutely, had a look at it, so this is great. Uh, just make sure they know that's Kenny Chesney. And certainly, <laughs> I don't think anybody will mistake him. Right. Uh, we had the good fortune of hosting Kenny a few times here at NRG mm-hmm. Stadium. He's such a great entertainer, and so it's a privilege to be associated with him. Yeah, the song existed. You did not write the song, actually. No, we didn't, but the words are magic. I mean, they really they they talk about the, the important place that uh, football has in our culture, mm-hmm. the impact that the game of football can have on young men as they're developing, learning you know, leadership and teamwork and overcoming adversity. And while he doesn't use those words, I mean, for me, it really resonates as you're yeah. listening to it and the visuals that, uh, that you and Tyler and our whole broadcasting team put into it are just magic. And I can't wait for our fans to see it. All right, while we're on the subject, football, it's not just the Texans, like you say. It goes all the way down to the lower youth levels. Not lower, but youth levels. Sure. Also, flag football. The Texans are huge into flag football. I understand you're quite a flag football coach. I uh, I try. I try. <laughs> I run the Vander offense. Well, so. you know, it, it just does bring families together at that level. And play, whether you're playing flag football or you're putting the pads on, it's all about the game of football. I learned football playing in the front yard, in the backyard, in any yard I could get into, mm-hmm. you know, with my friends. And you'd pretend, you know. I'm Fred Bolitnikoff, and you make the big diving catch, and just that you know you you have the heroes that you're looking up to, and you're trying to replicate what they do on the field in your in your backyard. For kids today, it's much more organized. Sports is, and so flag football is a great entry point. We've got a super partnership with the YMCA throughout the city, and we're helping them to promote their flag football leagues. Because you know whether you have to put pads on or not, you're learning the game, and and particularly at the young levels, it's all the skill positions. 
that are that are on the. That's what all the kids want to do. When I was, mm-hmm. I wanted to be a wide receiver. You maybe wanted to be a quarterback. Somebody else wants to be a running back. All those great skill positions that uh, we talk about and, and celebrate those players. That's what you're doing when you're playing flag, and and it does get you exposed to the game. You start to learn the rules, and uh, hopefully you develop a, fa- a passion for it. Jamie Roots joining us, president of the Houston Texans. Now, we'll get back into the Texans stuff in just a moment, but in a couple of weeks, college football season starts, and you have the Advocate Texas kickoff coming up here at NRG. How's that going? It's going great. I mean, it's a wonderful way for us to start college football right here at NRG Stadium. We've had some very memorable games. I mean, you look back mm-hmm. to Wisconsin and LSU. Last year, unfortunately, we had LSU and B. Not we had. Well, unfortunately, we weren't able to play the game in yeah. Houston. We moved it to New Orleans, but still had LSU and BYU with 50,000-plus in the stadium. And so this year we come back with Ole Miss and Texas Tech. And uh, just a great way to start uh, start college football here in, uh, in, in, in Texas and particularly in Houston. All right. Now, with NRG Stadium, there's a lot of changes. And every yep. year you seem to improve this or that or the other thing. And a lot of improvements this year in the Champions Club and – different aspects of food improvements. I mean, there's a lot of different stuff going on. Well, a lot of things for the fans to see. And so in HoustonTexans.com, certainly we we had an introduction of all of these new items. So the media picked up a number of different notes. So for fans lucky enough to have an opportunity to come out and see us play the 49ers, I encourage you to come early. Check it all out. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'll just give you one tidbit. We've got Ronnie Killen, who is the barbecue Mm -hmm. champion of the world. I mean, just amazing. He's doing a, a... uh, two-pound beef rib it's that good fans too. are <laughs> it's good it's spectacular it's like a brisket on a bone and you just <laughs> hold it and eat it. it's so good yeah well and there's so many things that i could talk about but i just encourage fans come out early whether it's you're coming out for the 49ers you get out for the regular season opener just come out early take a walk around it's got a new feel to it and we try to do that every year because every every season's a new season our fans you know they've blessed us with sellouts and a, an amazing wait list, but we know we've got to earn their uh, their their trust and their loyalty every year. So every year we do try to make the, the experience even better for them. Hey, there's a soccer, a football game coming up as well. In the midst of all this, I don't know where it's going to fit in, but my gosh, it will. Well, yeah, we've got it on the 7th of September. It's actually uh, uh, two top 20 teams in the world. You have Mexico and Uruguay. Two World Cup uh, competitors. So, if you're interested in the World Cup coming to the United States in 2026, mm-hmm. this is about as close as you can get to, and it's going to be right here in Houston at NRG Stadium. And you know, I talked about doing great things for Houston. We've been after soccer since 2003. We've hosted the Mexican, Mexican national team probably 17 times. Some of the greatest players in the world have come through here, and now Houston does have a shot to be a host of World Cup in 2026 when it comes to the United States. We've done the same thing on the college football level, resurrecting the bowl game right. 15, 16 years ago, uh, the Battle of the Piney Woods, the Advocare Texas kickoff, all these things positioned Houston as a marquee college football market. So in 2024, we will host the, uh, uh, the college football championship mm-hmm. right here in Houston. So, And when I look back at 2017, of course, it was a year that we had the Super Bowl. Then you had the Texans and the rodeo, the tenants. So basically, tenant uh, associated events at NRG Stadium, the collective economic impact was over $1 billion, with a B, and over 1 million out-of-town visitors coming into our community 
enjoying Houston, going back hopefully and telling their friends what a great city it is. So when we talk about doing great things for Houston, we purposely didn't say do good things for Houston. We said (laughs) do great things for Houston, things that are transformational. Because since the Houston Texans have been here, uh, we're blessed with lots of teammates here in the community that help us to be our very best, great fan base, great sports town. We've taken all those things, and we've really uh, we've helped to transform Houston into the next great global city. There he is, the president of the Texans, Jamie Roots. As he said, looking to turn Houston into a global city. We are certainly there in this town. There's no question about that. I think we proved that certainly throughout the Super Bowl week when it was here a couple of years ago, which was absolutely a fantastic event. So hopefully the Super Bowl will be on our docket, even though it's in Atlanta, Maybe it'll be on the docket for the Houston Texans. Boy, that would be kind of nice. The journey at home, at least, begins on Saturday. Can't wait. Got to thank my man, Drew Doherty. Got to thank Mark. Got to thank all the players and coaches that were interview subjects on the show today. Bill O'Brien, Richard Hightower, the 49ers, Aaron Colvin, Chantrell Henderson, Bruce Ellington. We got them all in. Had a great show. Appreciate you guys listening. We will see you on Saturday night. 7 o'clock, KTRK, if you're not going to make it. Into the stadium. If you are, get here early, celebrate, have a good time, and hopefully the Texans will get win number two of the preseason on Saturday night. We'll see you then, everybody. And as always, go Texans.